listening to a Clovis Hills podcast, you're about to hear from one of our teaching pastors. I want to encourage you, go download the Clovis Hills app where you can listen to sermons, you can give, you can do the growth group questions. They're on there too. And you can study God's word together. God bless you guys and go be the church. And I, I am really excited to dive into the 21 days of prayer and fasting. And if you're just uh, kind of watching, you weren't here last week, and you don't know what's going on, um, we're going to begin something called 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we're going to spend from, you know, starting tomorrow. I started today, but starting tomorrow for many people. And they're going to go all the way to the 31st of this month. And we're going to spend um, those 21 days fasting, not just fasting food. Some people are fasting social media. Some people are doing like a partial fast of food. Some people are fasting, you know, on, on and on and on. And the whole premise of it is that when you take something that's a habit in your life or something that you always need to be doing and you replace it with prayer, you replace it with God. The whole point of fasting is that when you get hungry, it reminds you to be hungry for the presence of God. So that's why we're doing it. So everyone's doing it differently. And there's a pamphlet you can download in different ways to, to pray and fast. And then also there's a, there's a devotional. I didn't mention this in the last service, but uh, you, you know, we'll be, we'll be uh, selling them outside if you want to drive by and get them. Or if you want to go on Amazon um, and order it, it's uh, 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting by Jim Maxim. It's excellent. It's a great, uh, there's a little um, audio and video afterwards you can watch online if you want to do that to kind of help you walk through these 21 days. So we're excited about it. Um, and I'm going to be honest. Who knew that we would need prayer and fasting so much? I don't know if any of you saw the news, but the Washington football team, no, I'm kidding. Um, no, the, the, the Capitol building was stormed th this week. And I, I, I sat there with my jaw wide open thinking never in my life would something like this happen. You know, and 2020 was a really rough year. There was a lot of turmoil. And like by the 6th of, of January, 2021 was like, hold my beer. I mean, they, I mean, what are we going into right now? It's pretty crazy. And um, I, I then proceeded to see my uh, Christian brothers and sisters. Everyone started commenting everywhere, whether it was Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or, or you know, where, wherever people were on uh, the radio to each other, everyone was commenting. And the first thing I did was I reminded myself of something God's been trying to tell me for 48 years. Hey, Sean Beatty, shut up. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. <clears throat> so I didn't comment on it for a reason. Because I wanted to commit it to prayer. And I had opinions right away. Um, but as I began just diving in to the presence of God and diving into his word, I knew God had a word for us. And um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read to you in, in, a, in a moment before, before we get going. I, I want to preface it. I'm going to read you the words of Jesus. The words of Jesus. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to read this, and some of you are going to, in your head, or you might in your living room, wherever you're at, you're going to think, yeah, but. And here's what I want to remind you right now. I'm about to read you the words of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. 
the word who spoke all creation into existence. And here's the thing, I would love to yeah but Jesus, but we don't get to yeah but the Lord. So I, I want you to understand, this message, normally Clovis Hills, we're all about the outsider, we're all about those that are far from God. But today, this one is pointed right at you and me, Christian. And um, this might be a rough one. But I want to read you what Jesus said. Because he had a way about life. As a matter of fact, the first Christians weren't called the Christians. They weren't called the church. They were called the way because they followed the way of Jesus. And Jesus said he was the way. And he lays out in Matthew 5, life in the kingdom, the way you live your life in the kingdom of God. So I want to read it to you. Because I think these are the words that probably every Christian we need to cling to in a time like now. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of America, kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Before I go to that next verse, I want you to know something. If you are in Christ Jesus, you are born again, you have Jesus Christ, you have the spirit of God living in you. You were transferred from the kingdom of this world to the kingdom of heaven. You have a higher citizenship. Blessed are the poor for their, there's the kingdom of heaven. Then it says, blessed are the, those who mourn for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek. You know, in the last year, self-included, we have not been very meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Not hunger and thirst for justice even. I want to remind you of that. See, in this world, everyone's looking for justice. Some of you are mad because you think the election was stolen. Some of you are mad because of racial inequality. Some of you are mad because the Chargers didn't make the playoffs. Some of you are, oh, it doesn't matter what you're mad about. And we're all crying for justice, but I need you to understand something. We're all, everyone's screaming and fighting for justice, but you will never, ever, ever, church, find justice until you seek the judge. The righteous judge, Jesus. You will not get it from a court. You will not get it from a president. You will not get it from a pastor. You will only get it from the God of heaven because he is the righteous judge. And Jesus says one day he will return and he will judge the living and the dead. And we will all stand before him. So as you fight for justice right now, you fight in vain because Jesus will come and undo it all. This is the burden of my heart because it also says, blessed are those who are merciful. Blessed are those who are merciful for they will be shown mercy. I understand how the world works. They can yeah, but Jesus all they want. 
But it's time for us to be the ones that give mercy. Yeah, but, okay, you can yeah, but Jesus all you want. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Not blessed are those who have good motives. Blessed are those of the pure in heart, for they will see God. And this one, buckle up. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. I had someone comment on my social media. I posted this verse. That was the only comment I had for the week. And I deleted their comment because they were trolling. But they said, yeah, we're supposed to go out and make peace. And, and that's through war. And I was like, You're, you've missed the whole point of Jesus. The people of this world will grab for power. They will do their thing. But what Jesus said was not so with you. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of their righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I'll tell you what, when you follow the way of Jesus, it'll make you look weak. They'll say, oh, you have no spine. You don't care about what's going on in the world. You don't care about this. You don't care about that. Oh, the people of Jesus care, but here's what we know. There's another way. There's a new way to be human. It's not on the right or it's not on the left, and neither of them will find it. As a matter of fact, many a Christian I know are lost on either spectrum of it right now. It said, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Yeah, but what if, like I said, you're ridiculously in charge. You, you can yeah, but the words of Jesus all you want, but here's what I want you to know. If you are in Christ Jesus, you've been called to a higher way. Something far more important. Something far more important. And you're like, well, what am I supposed to do then, pastor? The world is crumbling around me, and I get it. I get it. I do get that. I feel the same way. And I'm going to tell you what we've been commanded to do. And I'm going to, um, I, just, I just don't think it's any coincidence that we've been planning for months to do this 21 days of prayer and fasting and the events go down in the world that are going down right now. That's not a mistake. See, the, the thing we are supposed to do, what, what am I supposed to do, pastor, is pray. Last week, and you're gonna, we're going to touch this verse for the next four weeks, it comes out of Second Chronicles, and I want to give you the context of it, is Israel is God's people. They were chosen by God. A holy nation set apart to show the world who God was. And, and God took them out of Egypt. He let them be in the desert for 40 years to get Egypt out of them because they were essentially Egyptian and make them his people. In the same way, here's what happens. When, when you became a believer in Jesus, you got God in you, and you gotta get the Egypt out of you. 
You gotta get the world out of you and God, God into you. And during this time in Chronicles, you know, um, Israel had this history is they would follow God, they, they would trust God, they would follow his word, they would believe in him, but they would see all the other countries, they'd see all the other turmoil, they'd see all kinds of unrest around them, and they would begin looking to kings and leaders and wicked people and other people that didn't follow him, that didn't follow God, and here's what would happen is they would fall away from God. Doesn't sound like the church of Jesus Christ, does it? No, not us. And at this point in history, it's gotten so bad, they've fallen so far from God, God has removed them from Jerusalem. God has removed them from their motherland. He sent them into exile, and he says this to them. He says this to his people. And I remind you, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you are born again, if you are in Christ Jesus, you are his people. Look what he says. He says in 2 Chronicles 7, 13 and 14, it says, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land and send a plague among my, among my people. <laughs> and send a plague among my people. If my people who are called by my name will rise up and get angry. Oh wait, it doesn't say that, does it? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. And seek my face. And turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. And I will forgive their sin and heal their land. This verse is not calling America to repent. It's calling the church. It's calling me. It's calling you. Who's church? There's only a handful of people here, I promise. We are. We're the church. If my people will humble themselves and pray. See, here's the thing. I want to remind you, um, COVID is not a thing that's just happening in California. Sometimes it feels like it. And it's very easy to get very upset. It's not a thing that's just happening in America. It's happening all over the world. And never have any of us alive gone through anything like this. None of you were around in 1902 for the Spanish flu. Okay, because we always reference that, but none of us were there. And here's what's really going on. All of us, it's like we're driving in, in a really deep fog. Now, um, those of you that are watching that aren't from the Central Valley, you may not know about fog like we do. But here, the fog can get really thick. And when it gets really thick and you're on the freeway, you got to slow down, way down, sometimes down to like a crawl so you can see the lines to just get down the road. Because you just can't trust your senses anymore. And then every now and then, there's that one dude that's going like 80 through the fog. He's like, I'm not afraid. And he isn't afraid. He's also dumb. But here's the thing. He can't see. He doesn't know what's in front of him. He's just blindly driving in it. In the same way, if you were flying a plane, you can't trust your senses when you're in the fog. You don't know where the ground is. You have to trust your instruments. And if you do not trust your instruments in the plane while you're in the fog, you will crash the plane. See, 
Prayer, connecting with God on a regular basis, is how we check the instruments. Because those are the things that are true. We can't look at the TV. We can't look at the internet. We can't look at those things and find truth anymore. There's too much information. So instead of looking to these silly things for the truth, look to the truth. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I'm just begging us, self-included, put it all down for a time. And connect to the truth. And that people say, oh, you're just sticking your head in the sand. I, I may tune myself out to the events of the world for a time so I can tune into the one who created the world. And I get it, there's all kinds of noise out there and a million different opinions even within Christianity and that's fine. But um, I think God's called us to pray. Not like suggested it, he's called us to pray. And you're ridiculously in charge of whether you will obey him or not. That's your call. Um, This week I saw this tweet from this guy He's just a dude, but anyways, um, because here, here's, the, I, I, I've noticed, you know, you've got a whole group that's mad that an election's stolen. You've got a whole other group that's mad because, you know, the, this group got angry and stormed the Capitol, and this group had been criticizing the BLM people, and the, now the BLM people are criticizing, and it's all, it's all going back and forth, and um, this is a young man. He posted this, and I, you know, and, and he's well-intentioned, and, and um, some of it I totally get where he's coming from, but look what he says. He says, honestly, I'm tired of seeing white church leaders tell folks to pray. Okay, he's talking about me. Like we're not already doing that. Now, here's the thing. I don't think we are. I think the church would act different if we were actually connected to Jesus on a regular basis. I think we would treat people differently. I think we'd see the the brokenness in the world and, and want to bring Jesus to it if we were actually praying. So I disagree with him. I don't think the church is praying. I don't think I've been praying enough. He says, us not talking to God ain't the problem. Bro, that's what uh, the kids say these days, bro. You not talking to your fam and your friends is the problem. I'm going to be honest with you. Everyone's talking to their friends and family. And how's that been working for us? I don't see anyone going to God on this. I don't know anyone. I don't know any Christian leader going to it. Guys, God has called us to pray. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. So as well-intended as this dude is, I think he's 100% off. The problem is we haven't prayed. We say, we, oh, I'll pray for you, brother. The best thing you could do with your life for the next 21 days is take something that's dear to you, whether it's food or social media or sports or whatever, whatever it is, something you're always fixating on, and fast it and replace it with God. And every time you get hungry for it, every time you get thirsty for it, 
whatever it is, replace it with prayer. And it'll be hard. And you might even screw up. You might even break your fast. You might be, that's it. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to skip, you know, social media. And then Monday morning out of habit, you just pull it up. And I want to remind you, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Just pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and continue on in your fast. The whole point is not to fast. The whole point is to pray. It's to connect with God. To be in his presence. So, here's what I would encourage us all to pray first. Um, It's a prayer of repentance. That we would repent. I've talked about that word a lot. Um, there's a, there's a rich history with that word repent. You know, uh, Jesus in Mark chapter 1, verse 14 and 15, he breaks onto the scene. And um, it says here, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. And we read that and we go, okay, yeah, I get that. Jesus came in the galley, he told them all, hey, repent and believe the good news. The kingdom of God is here. But here's what I want you to understand, the dynamics that are going on when people hear this. See, when they would hear this, the first century, Jesus' time was a highly charged, politically charged time. And there were two really main factions of belief within, within Israel at that time. There was one group that said, let's get along with the Romans. Let's just keep this thing going. They're bringing prosperity. They've got some peace. I know they're a little oppressive. They're rude to us. They don't respect our laws. They're pagans. They're not God's people. But let's get along. And then there was another group saying, no, we are God's people. We are a free people. We are called by God. Let's violently overthrow the Romans. Let's get them out. And this was going on at the time. And they were trying to figure out, is it the kingdom? Is it Rome? Or is it Israel? And Jesus bursts on the scene and he says, no, it's the kingdom of God is here. Repent and believe the good news. Now, you hear that word repent, and we've been using repent in its right context for a long time now. But I want to remind you of something. By about the third century, maybe the fourth century, when they read the Bible and they read that verse, repent and believe the good news, they actually translated it, translated it not as repentance. It was translated as do penance and believe the good news. So what that meant was do a bunch of good works and maybe you'll get into the kingdom of God. So if you don't sin and you do enough good things and you go to church and you don't drink and you don't chew and you don't run with people that do and you, you know, you're, 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 you're doing your quiet time and you're tithing and you're doing this, then maybe God will let you into his kingdom. That was called the dark ages. A thousand years of Christianity believed that. They believed do penance. Because they looked at this Greek word metanoite and they thought it meant penance. And they translated it in the Latin as do penance. And then one day, Martin Luther, a little German monk, he wasn't important at all. No one knew who he was. He was just an Augustinian monk in Germany. Not even in Rome. 
And he, he, was, he was reading this verse and he saw, you know, metanoite, and right away he thinks do pen, penance. But then it dawned on him because he was a student of Greek and he had read other Greek works from the first century. And it, started, it reminded him that, you know what? None of the other Greek literature used metanoite as do penance. As a matter of fact, he went back and he, re, he was reminded of a Jewish Roman historian that was writing about the political age of that day in the first century, in the age of Jesus' time. And his name was Josephus. And he went back and he looked, and Josephus is telling this story about how he's having an argument with another guy. And they're arguing over the kingdom. Is it, do we, do we fight the Romans and restore Israel? Or do we get along with the Romans and live in their kingdom? And he remembers and he finds it and it says, um, Josephus says to this man in their argument, he says, metanoite kai pistoi in me. Repent and believe in me. Now, Josephus wasn't trying to get him to become a follower of his religion. What he was saying was, change your way about bringing up the kingdom, the way you think, the way you should act, the way you should be, and take up mine. And what Jesus, as Jesus said this to the people listening at that time, he was telling all of them, give up your way. Give up your way. And take up mine. I'm reminded the words of Jesus. I didn't preach this in the last message, but it's in my notes. I might as well get to it. Jesus said, Those who live by the sword will die by the sword. And see, I've said this time and time again. Whatever I am full of will come out of me when I'm tested. Sadly, we're all like a tube of toothpaste. Whatever you're full of, when you get squeezed, that's going to come out, and it's really hard to put it back in, isn't it? As a matter of fact, it's impossible to put it back in. And see, whatever I am full of is what I've been filling myself with. And my guess is most Christians I know have not been filling themselves with scripture, not filling themselves with prayer. They've been filling themselves with talk radio, with news, with social media, with article after article, with opinion after opinion after opinion after opinion. And whatever you are full of will spill out of you. Self-included. When I talk about repentance, guys, I, I'm talking about me too. I don't know if you know this, um, I had a radio show on a conservative talk station for the last four years. I just canceled it because I'm done. I can't do it anymore. It's become too much of a distraction in my life. See, and Jesus said this. In John 7, 37 through 39, he says, it says, On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, 
Can you imagine this? There's a party going on. I mean, there's people everywhere. And Jesus kind of rises and gets their attention. And he says in a loud voice, he says, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow within them. By this he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. See, Jesus was saying, let anyone who, who's thirsty come to me and drink. See, we've been drinking bad water for a time now. And you know what bad water does to you? It gives you diarrhea. All kinds of fluids come out of every orifice when you drink bad water. And this is what our culture looks like right now. Self-included. And some of you are like, he's a diarrhea in church. This is awesome. Yeah. And Jesus says, come to me. And the reason we're doing 21 days of prayer and fasting and the events that happened this week just really put an exclamation point on what we were gonna be doing anyways. The reason we're doing it is because we've been drinking from the wrong well and it's time to drink of Jesus. It's time to purge and draw near to God because I wanna remind you again, the only change, the only justice that'll ever happen rightly is when God's people come alive in him. Not for their country, in him. Uh, you know, re regardless of what side you're on, I have friends that are all, all about the racial justice movement. And I always try and remind them, like, guys, you, you don't realize what set the slaves free. Yes, it was a war where hundreds of thousands of people died to set the, set the slaves free. But I don't know if you know this, you know, civil war was in the 1860s in in or so, yeah, sorry, yeah. In 58, there was a great awakening in, in England. It spread to America. There were prayer groups popping up, started with four or five people. Before you knew it, there were a thousand people in a prayer group. And it was happening all over America. They were coming alive. And it's not until the people of God come back to life spiritually that you will see racial justice. It's not until the people of God come alive spiritually that you'll see America become great again. It is when we come back to Jesus, when we humble ourselves and we pray and we repent, and I just beg you, these 40 days, I mean, sorry, 21 days, <laughs> some of you are like, you doubled it on me. I just beg you. Would you lay down your sword and just seek Jesus? And see what happens. You haven't been changing anything anyways. Why not let him come drink from him? We're gonna, we're gonna pray. I'm gonna pick up my phone. And I'm gonna lead us in a prayer. And um, I wanna remind you of what Jesus said in this passage. He said, anyone who comes to me. That's the good news of the gospel. Is it anyone who comes to Jesus? Communists or capitalists, doesn't matter. 
But when you come to Jesus, you have to lay down your way and take up his. The Bible says very clearly that for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And I'm gonna lead us in prayer in a minute. And we're gonna go longer, actually, so you know. Because I wanna lead um, those of you that already know you're a Christian. I wanna lead you in prayer today. And in just a time of seeking God and a time of repentance, and that I've never done this online. I don't know how it's gonna go. It could be super weird. I did it last service. I still, I didn't watch it, but um, we're, we're gonna do it. The, the few that are in the room and those of you that are online right now, and we're, we're gonna pray. And if you're a believer in Jesus and you know you are in Christ Jesus, this is a time for you to just stop whatever you're doing, close your eyes unless you're driving, and enter into the presence of God. And we're gonna be quiet for some time and allow the spirit to move wherever you're at. Now, some of you, you may not know where you're at spiritually. You don't know if you're in Christ Jesus or not. And odds are, if you don't know, you should probably make sure. The Bible's really clear. You only have to do it once, but if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. The Bible says in Romans 12, 1, but as many as receive them to those who believe in his name, he's given them the right to become children of God. And here's what I want you to know is that if you don't know where you stand, invite him in to forgive you. You never have to do it again. He'll never leave you. It may get foggy, but you can trust the instruments because God has put his spirit in you. And I'm gonna give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as well. So, do me a favor, wherever you're at, just would you take a moment and just be still, close your eyes so you don't see notifications on your phone or anything like that. And I wanna remind you that the God of all creation is with you right now. He's with us. mind is bouncing around, just think about Jesus right now. Think of the fact that Jesus' heart for you, he longs for you to know him better. to learn his way.